a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready? What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed you are, Paul, is... It's in my hand, Fan Effect. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Fan Effect. I'm Andy Farnsworth, your host, and today, 2020's in the rearview mirror, now it's 2021. Unfortunately, we were not able to get together in Salt Lake for Fan X 2020, and now we're on to Fan X 2021. Or are we? Well, that's what we're going to find out today. We have we have a fun conversation coming up with FanX founder Dan Farr. He's an entrepreneur, an imagineer, a creator, a producer, a friend, passionate about anything he engages in, and most importantly to him, a husband and father. But one of his passions is FanX Salt Lake, and we are so excited to talk to him again. It's been almost a year since we last talked to him. One of the main reasons he's joining us today is because of a big announcement. The first guests lined up for FanX 2021. Uh, you can get tickets for Fanex, or at least find out a little bit more, FanexSaltLake.com, and he's going to tell us. And uh, I, I, can, I have to say, I'm not going to spoil it here, maybe you already know, uh, but I am really excited about the first two guests that he has invited. So let's talk to Dan Farr. Thank you for joining me, Dan Farr, the owner, founder, and producer of Fanex. Dan, before we talk about the big guest announcement that you made today, which, believe me, I have plenty to say about that in a good way. Uh, The last time we talked, it was 2020, and we were getting close. Uh, You know, it it was a few months before 2020 Fanex was scheduled to happen. We had hopes that it was going to be able to come together. You had guests. Uh, towards the middle of summer, it was still looking pretty good, and then case counts started to rise, and eventually you had to come to the tough decision to call off Fanex 2020 and, and you know break the hearts of the people who bought tickets and who were looking forward to coming. Tell me just a little bit before we get into to 2021, what, what was those la- that last little bit like when you finally realized, look, we just can't do it this year, and, and how tough was that of a decision for you to, to have to finally just go and say, look, we can't do it? Boy, I, I, I'll tell you, you know, it, you know, you kind of go through in in college, in business classes, whatever you go through, lifeboat exercises where you they try to teach you how to make hard decisions, but nothing can prepare you for making a decision at that level because it, it did go so much beyond just a economic decision. You know, I mean, obviously, any sort of business economics are going to have impact on on decisions you make, but it went so far beyond any economic uh, decision to really, you know, do we go ahead with the event and risk people's health and becoming, you know, us contributing to becoming a super spreader event and, you know, ultimately, you know, likely leading to the deaths of people at, at some, somewhere down the, the line, you know, whether it was the people that got exposed at the event that had then exposed somebody else or, or even directly people at the event passing away as a result of, of contracting COVID because they attended an event that we held, you know, that's a life or death decision. You usually don't, or, you, you know, in business, you're not usually faced with that sort of thing, right. but uh, you know, so there's, there's that aspect of it, but 
on the alternative is, you know, when we announced that we were canceling, we literally had some people say, you know, you realize that if you guys cancel, you you know, your your people are going to not know what to do with themselves. I mean, they they basically said you're killing people by canceling, you know, because that people they they look so forward to it. It's it's that one kind of light at the end of the tunnel of everything that people have been going through and and you know they they look you know they become so emotionally invested in in the event and so it it, it was tough it was tough to hear that i mean I, I i hope and i pray that nobody was so distraught over us canceling the events that that they did something harmful to themselves right. but, you know i i hope that didn't happen i i believe it didn't happen but but I, you know, I, I think ultimately we just we had to go with what uh, was the best for the community we live in, and you know, regardless of you know economically, obviously that's that wasn't an easy thing to handle, but we've been able to handle it fine. Um, uh, but it's it's just it's not a yeah, economically it's it, we've been able to keep people working. You know, safe. You know, I'd say thanks to some of the programs and then the grants we've got from the state and things like that, it's helped us weather this, that, you know, I, I, you know, we're a healthy business where we'll stay that way. And, uh, you know, fortunately because of that, it, it's helped us weather the, the, the storm economically, but emotionally it really did come and take its toll for us as a, a team that puts, that produces the event we we miss the interaction with everybody and maybe i'm kind of going on a little long about this but not at all i i I would say for me when we've built a team around us uh with with with, you know with as as we grow our our internal team one of the leading factors is we find people that you know it's not just well let's see what your resume says you know we want we find people that truly love what we do and it really is it's a team that that takes this very personal on you know doing the events we we do it because we love it not necessarily because well that's what we went to college for that's what our business career has led us to it and you know just you know we're we're doing a job here it's it's so much more than a job it it really has become you know just like so many attendees that get involved in the event, that it becomes more than just a three-day event once a year, or if we do the two events a year, you know, five days of of event. It becomes so much more than that, and you know, and it's just like that for us. It's you know, we we miss it, and we uh, you know, we do look forward to the time that we can get together again safely, and and we we are incredibly optimistic that that will be this year. You know, we don't we. You know, I, I think when we had talked in the summer last year, we we knew that there was a high risk. You know, we we knew that we were getting to a point where it was becoming more and more risky. You know, we we were still full blown uh, hoping for the event, but we knew that there was a risk that we would have to um, cancel it. And but but now, I mean, I, I I look at it incredibly optimistically because of the because of the vaccine, because of uh, a lot of factors that will have a chance to get a, uh, I guess, a root hold um, before the event. And also, you know, we will we will probably have some things in place. 
you know, I, I can't say now that we're going to require masks because I don't know that that's going to be necessary at that time. We may right. encourage masks if it's not required or if, uh, you know, if we're going to have different social distancing measures. I, I'm not hey, the, sure. The good news happens. is that Fanex is probably the best place. You can just incorporate a mask into your cosplay, and exactly. there you go. I mean, maybe you'll see a few more uh, Sub-Zeros and uh, Scorpions from Mortal Kombat yes. or other types of ninjas. <laughs> <And> but, Bane. <laughs> you got Bane, too, right? You got Bane, that's right. Yeah, the, you could yeah. actually wear a gas <laughs> mask. In. Yeah, yes. So that's, you, we, we definitely, yeah, we, we definitely can work that into the costumes. Uh, with people, but I, I'm optimistic that that uh, those people who don't feel like they want to wear a mask maybe won't have to by the time the event comes around. But right. you know, maybe. But well, uh, I've got a suggestion I, here first, Dan. You heard it here first. Yeah. One of the subcategories for cosplay this year for awards: most creative ah, use of a mask. I know you're going. That's fat, okay. yeah. Most that is amazing idea. I think that's great. So the, yeah, the most creative. Incorporation, you know, yeah. So that of, means that uh, people like do the do the the, the, yeah. the really awesome Mortal Kombat or the Bane, those yeah. are cool. But we're looking for like something really creative. Like if somebody's like a That's such a original. fantastic makeup artist that they could actually paint their own face over the mask, kind of a thing. Yes, that's that's a great idea. I, I love that. Just a thought. No, because it, well, here's the thing: is is you know, even if we were to rewind back a couple years before COVID. There are still issues of people would go to a convention, they come back, and they say, yeah, we've got the called it the con crud. Yes, I got uh, it a couple of know. years before. <laughs> I, I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so so I guess the thing is, is no matter where we are on the level of the vaccine and, and public requirements and things like that. With that many people close together, it can't hurt to wear one. To be, yeah, yeah, people still may want to do it. You know, so if, we may, if it's optional, especially, people still may want to find ways to incorporate a mask. I don't know that everybody, uh, you know, I think they say that everybody's going to have option to, to have the vaccine by that time, but there's still maybe people that choose not to for whatever reason and health reasons or whatever it may be. So what, whatever happens in that regard, I, I love, I love that suggestion. I'm, I'm actually writing it down <laughs> as we're talking because I don't want to forget that idea. Well, I think that'd be a fun way to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I have high hopes, too. Um, you know, I I I hope that uh, there's still ways for the, you know, the, of course, the one of the funnest things about FanX is uh, the celebrity meet and greets and, and getting a chance to get up close. I'm I'm hoping that 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 there's a way to safely do it where people will still feel like they get to have that interaction, especially, you know, in the autograph lines. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can have the same kind of feeling, but I, I don't. I can't imagine yeah. that there's anybody, even if they're disappointed, that would be like angry that the celeb may not want to like hug. <laughs> hug or get as close as they have yeah. in some of the others in the past. I just, I can't believe, especially after all we know now that we didn't really know a year ago, that, right. that I, I'm sure there'd be disappointment guaranteed. I mean, I'd feel disappointed, yeah. but I don't think anybody would be angry or upset because, you know. It works two ways. Like they come and and, yeah. and and they get to have a cool experience where everybody you know looks up to them and sees them and wants to meet them and you know, they make some money too. But it's also like cool for us to get a chance to meet them. And so it, it it's a two way street. And we don't want to we don't want them to get sick. I mean, part of the reason no. we know them is because they weren't too sick to make the products that we like to watch them in. Right. No, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, we 
we have a responsibility to keep people healthy. You know, we if we're bringing in uh, celebrity guests and things, uh, it, it is important that we not subject them to to sickness and things. And you know, what, what's interesting is you know this is a new angle on it, but we always felt that like in the past with like Stan Lee, um, right. his his last appearance with us that he had scheduled when he canceled it, it was the right thing. You know, his doctor, he had been sick. He had pneumonia or something leading up to it, or he had been sick leading into it and he was hoping to be better. And I don't know if people remember, you know, I'm sure there'll be some listeners that will remember kind of the back and forth with it. It was like, you know, is he going to come? And we, we didn't know, we really didn't know until like, like the Monday or Tuesday, it was just right, right, uh, right before it, the show was going to happen you know the his management team kept the option open as long as they could but his doctor said he said i recommend that you not travel and he, you know he gave him the choice it's like well you can travel you can do it but right. i recommend you not and it's like wait a second would we want to be the ones that like oh come on just do it you know talk him into it push hard and to have him come out and and have that you know he would have passed away if if that would have been something that Right, right. You would, we'd never forgive yeah. ourselves. No, no. We, we've we've got to put the safety of of people first. You know, the health and safety of people. And anyway, we we did get the opportunity that he did a nice video panel for people at that at that show. So they at least got to hear him talk and and have that interaction with him. But yeah, if we need to have fun together, we need to have a great time, but we also need to do it responsibly. Yes. And you know, that's always the you know, the juggling act that we have to, to deal with in all of this and, you know, how how much do you lean one direction or the other? Uh, it, it's always hard to know. And we, we do the best we can and try to make it as safe as possible and, and make it so that people can express themselves and have a great time. And, you know, because especially in today's world, boy, do, do we not need something like this more than ever? I, I mean, I, I, I just I look at this. It, it, we need it. It, it, just think, and and, and this is uh, before uh, we'll, we'll take a break here before we talk about the uh, the big guest announcement. But when it's safe to get together in those large groups again, not if when, because it will be a when. Yep. Just think, it's going to be the best party in Salt Lake City of the year by far. When we yeah. whether it's and and I've got all faith and fingers crossed for twenty twenty one September of twenty twenty one is going to be the best party in Salt Lake City. Of the whole year. I mean, we'll have a year and a half, almost two years of pent up excitement to just have fan X. But to, the, you know, to layer in the school yeah. closures we'll, we'll and be, then yeah, having we'll to be home here. and we hadn't, we couldn't go anywhere for Christmas. We couldn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. And then when we can, woo, yeah. maybe we should add an extra day to fan X. I say we as if I get to I know. run it. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I wish we could. You know, that we are always constricted by venue availability and things but right. uh, I, I do foresee a day when we get to being able to to have four-day events i was I, just going to say four this year because we had to wait a whole year but yeah <laughs> i know we need to no it's unfair i mean i got I my i got my refillable to. drink mug you know the one that you can get all the different flavors of sodas and i haven't even had a chance to use yeah. it for the whole entire year yeah I mean, I've had to use it on sodas at home. That's not the same. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. I mean, we're, we're missing out. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Dan, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we will talk about the big giant announcement. It has to do with okay. snakes. Love it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Dan Farr, Fanex founder, Fanex uh, owner, Fanex producer, Fanex, the guy who gets us the guys and girls that we like to talk to and see at Fanex. All right, 2020 is over. It's in the rearview mirror. We're focusing solely on 2021, and we had a giant guest announcement today, and you couldn't have made it at a better time, in my opinion, Dan. Uh, Just for those people who maybe hadn't heard yet, I'm going to let you tell us who the two big headliners are that you announced today, and then, oh, I've got some things to say. Oh, that's that's good to hear. Well, we've had a fun time just kind of warming up with some teases and things to, uh, to get people excited about it. And you, you mentioned before the, uh, commercial about the, uh, the snakes. Well, when you think of snakes, you think of what, you know, maybe one of the more, uh, visible snakes, a cobra, you know, like a, a snake that people think of cobra, cobra. I, I think of know, cobras course. when I think of snakes. You do, right? I mean, wait, you, that's definitely at the top of the list towards the top of the list. So, we have the announcements. What's what's fun is these are people that we had actually booked but never announced for last year's event, and so now we were able to rebook them and reconfirm them. And like you said, the timing is perfect with the release of season three of Cobra Kai. So we are right now. We have booked. We have Martin Cove and William Zabka. Ah, and that. So Cobra Kai. There we go. I love that. Cobra Kai, I'm going to just tell you this right now. I have never binge-watched an entire season of a show <laughs> that was new. Like, I, you know, I, I binge-watched a season of The yeah. Office once when I was sick and I was laying at home all day. But I've never done the thing where it's like, I'm just going to watch the whole thing right now, even though I may have other things that I need to do, except <laughs> twice. Season two of Cobra Kai and season three of Cobra Kai. <laughs> season three, I kid you not. I, I was just going to watch a couple of episodes the day after it launched, and then you know I'd get through it through the New Year's weekend. Seven episodes later, it was bedtime, and I was like, I got to go to bed. I think my wife had already gone to bed, 
So I got I, yep. I legit all the way pajamas, took out the contacts, laid down in bed, lights out, laid there for five <laughs> minutes, and I was like, I'm not sleeping. I'm gonna go finish the last three episodes. I just have to. Went right back downstairs. Didn't even put the contacts back in because I had to watch the last three episodes. Loved, loved, loved it. I would say outside of Back to the Future and and obviously Star Wars, Star Wars is my number one fandom. But Karate yeah. Kid is probably the movie that I've seen the most in my life outside of Star Wars or Back to the Future. And it might even be more than Back to the Future. Isn't that amazing? That that franchise. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what was so cool about it is obviously, you know, they kind of had their run when they initially came out. I, I, what did they get to? Uh, they got to Karate Kid 3, right? They yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, they kind of slowly, you know, nothing's going to top yeah, the first one. About, yeah. But yeah, the second yeah, exactly. one was still good. The third one had its moments, but mostly was like not that great anymore, and was doing weird things. And then they had the uh, the one with Hillary Swank, which I I didn't actually see until just a few years ago. <laughs> but it had I, Mr. I Miyagi and Hillary Swank. It's called the Next yeah. Karate Kid. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I don't think I saw it. Yeah. Well, I but mean, that, maybe somebody from it's going to show up in Cobra Kai, but I don't think you need to watch it until someone from it shows up in Cobra Kai. You're right. Yeah, if you go back and, and figure out the backstory. Well, I, I'll tell you that they've done such a great job. And what, what's amazing is how they just, you know, kind of organically relaunched it. I, I don't know. Did you see it before it was on Netflix? Did you I did. I, I actually watched it when it was on YouTube Red and then YouTube okay. Premium and then Netflix. Yes. So by the time everybody got around to it on Netflix, we'd already actually done two podcasts about it. <laughs> really? We, yeah, we did one for each season because, you know, I went into the first one and, and they made the first two episodes available for everybody on YouTube to hook you, essentially. Uh -huh. And then the rest yeah. of it you had to pay for. And I, I mean, I saw the trailer and it made me laugh and it made me want to see it. But I also was kind of like, are they doing this as a comedy? Are they what are they doing with this? Like, I don't. I don't know what they're going for. Is this a spoof? Is this a satire? And so, but I watched the first two episodes and I saw that there was funny moments, but it was like, it sucked me in so completely, like so completely. Yeah. I was like living in the karate kid world of Southern California karate for like a week after yeah. I watched each season. Isn't it? You know what? I, I'll, I'll tell you, it's amazing how they, they've been able to build it on that. And I, I, uh, you know, when you obviously saw it on YouTube, I can't imagine that it had anywhere near the type of viewerships that was able to be generated through Netflix. And Absolutely everything. not at we, all. I mean, it's it's yeah. been number one on Netflix this entire week. Number one on Netflix. Uh, that's, that's it was so, you know, the, the previous two seasons were number one for like a week and a half when they dropped them back in September. And now the third uh -huh. season's been number one. All essentially since the moment it came out, it's been the number one show. I love that because you know what I have to say, Ralph Macchio. You know we had him as a guest, and what a wonderful, just nice person. And then you know I'll tell you what really impressed me. I, I had met him maybe once or twice leading up to him coming out to our event. But you got to think about him. He probably meets hundreds of promoters, you know, different event promoters. And, you know, he's gone to enough different shows that I've got to imagine it, it, it blurs together. But uh, I was in Dallas going on two years ago now when they had a convention and Ralph was there. And I was at the booth next to his, which was Linda Carter's booth. And I was talking to the manager there because Linda had just done our show and then had gone over there. And I was talking to her and, Ralph looks over at me and sees me and he goes, 
hey, Mr. Farr, how you doing? I mean, right? Wow. It wasn't like he, you know, unless he had, like, looked and spotted me before, and you know how when you see somebody you know and you go, wait, now who is that guy? Right. Hey, who, I, I know him from some, you know, and maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe somebody tipped him off or whatever, but I was just, I was blown away that he knew who I was because it's not, you know, it's not like we went to dinner or, or did anything like that. You know, when the celebrities come in, we do get a chance to talk, but it's, there's some that you talk on a more detailed, you know, more extensive level and, and you maybe go out to eat with them or you do something where you would expect that. But when he remembered who I was just by looking at me, I, I was, I was blown away. I, I was so impressed. You know, it just shows what a thoughtful person he is to, to just recognize people. And, and, uh, you know, I comment to us, you, you remember me? And says, Oh yeah, I remember. And he also mentioned, I remember meeting you at some of these other shows with your sons. Are you serious? I mean, he, he actually wow. recalled, you know, when we were introduced and I had my sons at some different shows with me and, and uh, I was so impressed by that. And I really gained a, even a higher level of appreciation for Ralph, but also just when he was at our event and the way that he interacted with the fans um, to me, I might, before having celebrities come out, I may not necessarily be a big fan of them. You know, it's not like I, I I'd say more indifferently, you know I mean? I right. might be, uh, indifferent towards someone, but then I come out and I see them interacting with the fans and making them so happy. It's just all, all of a sudden I become a huge fan of them just because of that. You know, that, that I've had a similar like, feeling as I've walked the floor, you know, at, at FanX, at the spring FanX, and even at GamerCon when there's some of the, uh, you know, some of the voiceover artists and it, it's really neat to see, because like maybe I don't know who everybody is, right? Or maybe I never watched the show. No. Like you, you had some of the new kids on the block. I think Joey Fatone came to uh, yes. the one two years ago, and yeah. I'd never listened to them, and I'd never like. I mean, I was like the wrong age for new kids on the block, and I was a boy. <laughs> but the way that a couple of friends of mine were just like so over the moon to meet him, and I watched how he, he was really cool with everybody in the line, and you know, it's easy to get a cynical thought and just think, Oh, these celebrities, they're just here for the money. You know, they, you know, they're, they're going to be rude and, and they're not like, they're really so kind. Even John Cusack, who was very brusque with us because we were media and and that's fair, but I watched Mm -hmm. him from a distance and he was not like that at all with the fans. He was just like that with us, (laughs) with the media. And I'm okay with that because you know, yeah. we, weren't, we weren't paying to see him. We weren't having that opportunity to be up. But but it is it's really cool to watch to watch some of the interactions. Vanessa Marshall, who who voices a lot of different characters in fandoms right now. This was her yeah. first con that you guys got her to go to about. I think it was three years ago. And we got a chance to talk to her at the opening thing. And then we talked to her later in the maybe on the Saturday of the show. And she was so, so nice. She gave us a hug. I mean, like <laughs> I, I was like, wow. <laughs> Hera from uh, Star Wars Rebels has given me a hug. Yeah. And it was, you love that? it was just really cool. Like, she didn't have to do any of that. I've always joked, like, I, I, I never want to be rude to somebody. But you could get, uh, you know, professional me. Like, I, I may not say much to you. I won't be rude, but I may not actually engage you in any dialogue either. Like, my answers right. will be yes or no, and they'll be polite. But they won't be looking to add something to the conversation. But, and, and you know, my... <laughs> My insecurities are always like, that's how they're going to be with me. I just know it. <laughs> so then when they're not, yeah. it's just that much better. You're just like, wow, that they're really, really cool. And it makes you a bigger fan of them. It, it absolutely does. And 
And I, I have to tell you that story you mentioned, John Cusack, that actually makes me happy because I had a similar interaction as you had as media, as a show producer. I spoke with him and he was very nice, but very professional, like you're saying, like, like very just not adding to the conversation, you know, not engaging. But to hear that he was doing that with the fans, that makes me want to bring him back all this, you know, all the sooner, you know, it's like, if, if he, I, I don't mind if, if somebody, you know, they don't have to be my best friend to make me want to bring him back. You know, they, they, they can hate me as far as I, I'm concerned, as long as they treat the fans fantastic. You know, if they yeah. do that, there, you know, cause there, there are some people that maybe, and by the way, I, I hope that nobody hates me. I think that I've, I've had good relations <laughs> or, or, or interactions with everybody, but um, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's been some that, you know, maybe better as far as uh, how they were behind the scenes than others. But sure, sure. they treat their fans so well, you just say, you know what, I, I would hate to not have that person come back again because they had this interaction with the staff or whatever. Because, you know, ultimately, if if when it all comes down to if they're creating fan experiences, I, I love to have those people around. And, you know, even if they are a little bit more challenging you know maybe they need the the perrier water or the, right. you know, they, knows, they need but, a little bit you know, more extra behind the scenes care than than yeah. some other guests perhaps but yeah. yeah and i you know i i had an interesting experience you know with mark hamill um very nice uh, you know I, I went to go pick him up at the airport and picked up him and his wife uh, you know he flew in private that's how we were able to get him to come to the event just because timing wise that's the only thing that worked out so we picked him up at the private airport and I was there with him because I wanted to greet him and his wife. And he wasn't interactive at all with me. His wife was and his daughter more so, but he wasn't. But I, you know, I, I was fine with that. And then when I saw him at the show, you know, everything was just, you know, there wasn't that, hey, let's talk about something together, whatever, you know. And um, and I would, I walked back in one of the rooms that he was just back there reading and, uh, you know, just kind of chilling out, maybe looking at the Internet. I don't know. And I walked back and, you know, he didn't really interact with me. And then. Some of uh, my kids came in, walked in, and all of a sudden he pops up and he's talking to them and he pulls out these little cards that he had signed, you know, in his, in his wallet or whatever. And he says, here, you got it. And it's really? like, oh, my gosh, I don't care. He doesn't have to say a word to me. I mean, I, I'm sure I'd love to talk with Mark Hamill and just, you know, you know, talk about Hang whatever. out with Luke with Skywalker. How <laughs> exactly. How fun would that be? But you know what? When I saw how he interacted with them, it just it meant all the world to me. You know, it's like, okay, that's I, I'm fine because I'd, I'd rather see because that means so much more to them. And I say my kids, it was it was a group of kids, you know, that they were able to just talk with a couple, you know, three kids or so. He, he just lit up. You know, it's like all of a sudden it just turned on. He lit up. He engaged them. He left them with something. And you know what? Well, that's that, like the that trifecta. Really I mean, that out. really is. You, yeah. You, oh, you yeah. don't want to feel like you're a burden on their time. Even if in the back of your mind, exactly. you might be thinking, oh, I'm such a burden on their time. But if they don't act like that, it just makes you feel like 10 times better, even better. Yeah. Well, and that and that's the thing for me as a producer is I, I really try to read cues with people. And, you know, if I don't feel like, like when John Cusack, you know, like, right. 
I didn't feel like he wanted to engage in a conversation. I'm not going to sit there and start talking about Aunt Fanny's bunion that's named <laughs> after him or something like that. You know, he doesn't want to hear that. He wants to. He needs some time to decompress so he can right. turn it back on when he talks to the fans. Yeah, and, and so, that's the thing. That, anyway. I'm glad you said that because, and it kind of goes with Mark Hamill too. I mean, you have to be on. You realize that you're performing, even if you're. You know, even if a camera's not necessarily rolling, you're you're performing. You know, they're they're coming to see you. They're excited to see you, and so you don't want to just be like, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I did this yeah. thing and I did that thing, that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and I heard from the people that were his his panel with Joan that they they just did a really great job together. He talked about how um, he remembered filming at Alta when he did Better Off Dead here back in the eighties. Um, so, oh wow! Yeah. He, he he did he did well with the fans and and so that's why I said I, I'm the same way. If, if when I get a chance to interview him or talk to him and they're just cool beyond that, that's just a bonus to me. John Reese Davies was like that. He was mm-hmm. <laughs> he was so cool. He would have talked to me forever. And I and I'm I'm almost like um, <laughs> I I don't ever want to stop talking, but I feel like maybe I should let you talk to some other people too. Whereas Hayden Christensen and McDarmid, you know, they were up. At the, this was up at the children's hospital when they did an appearance up there. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of steered clear of them. I, I knew that, uh, but I watched John Reese Davies. He sat there and he talked with this kid, like that. Was, they were just both looking out the window, and I'm not even a hundred percent sure the kid knew what some of the roles he'd been. But no, he was yeah, willing probably. when he was talking to little kids. He was willing to go into character. He he said some lines as Gimli to a couple of little kids, and I, the kids I don't think got it. But the parents were just like, "Oh my gosh, do you realize?" <laughs> and it was just I I love watching that. And to me, that's the my, the favorite thing about what you do at Fanex and getting people to come to town is when people get to have that kind of an experience. Because I mean. Here's my brush with celebrity when I was 13, Dan. <laughs> my wife and I, or my wife, my mom was driving us down the street in our van, and we were down right in front of the old Salt Palace, and the Jazz were playing the Lakers in the playoffs in 1988. And I saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the sidewalk, okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> He's on the sidewalk in front of the Marriott Hotel. And it was Marriott at the time. I don't know what it is now. And my mom's like, look, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I was a huge basketball fan, and I said, oh, it is. And she's like, you should get his autograph. And, you know, I was half asleep until she said that. And then I'm scrambling and we're stopped at a red light. (laughs) And I open the side door on the van and I'm like, hey, Kareem. (laughs) And he looks at me and I'm like, can I get your autograph? And he he just kind of shakes his head and starts running. And I was like, and Michael Thompson, who was another Laker player, was behind him, starts laughing. And. And, then, and that was about that moment is when it dawned on me, what a ridiculous thing I was asking. Like, I'm in the middle of traffic. It, am I supposed to run run through traffic to get over to the sidewalk? And what if the light changes? Uh, is my mom going to have to drive off and leave me? So that was, that was my brush with fame. And we don't, you know, unless maybe you catch somebody up at Sundance, you know, the odds that you're going to run into somebody of star power, of Hollywood power, it's not high here in Salt Lake. And so that to get this thing no. every year... It's such a fun thing to look forward to. And, you know, William Zabka, now he goes by Billy to his friends, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I've heard. I, yeah, Billy is what it, it, people at you know, management or anybody that talk about him refer to him as Billy. But you also get Martin Cove, who is one of the most terrifying people for everyone under the age of 40 <laughs> from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. He was terrifying. And. Yeah. Now, I've seen him do some interviews, uh, you know, like on some radio shows and stuff. He's a super nice guy. And, of course, he does that commercial, I think, for, is it Geico, where he runs a karate dojo of Panda. And you, you 
hugs are given instead of punches. And um, so I know that that's not his real personality, but I, I, part of me wants to sit there at his booth and watch people afraid to go up to him, even though they want to go up and talk to him. Yeah, you, you, you're totally right because, you know, some of these actors do such a great job of becoming a character on screen that it's hard to imagine them not being that when you meet them in person. You know, you expect to find this, you know, uh, vet, hardened vet, you know, that uh, prisoner of war type thing. You know, it's right. basically the things that we, we learn what, what makes him who he is. You know, you expect to see that type of character. But uh, he did, he worked on a film out here, and I know some people that worked with him on that film, and they just say he's, he's so wonderful, really nice guy. And so I, I would, I think it would be fun to watch people, you know, coming up with one expectation of who he he may be, and 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 see an interaction that's completely different than that. And William Zabka. Now, one of the things about Cobra Kai is this show doesn't work if Billy Zabka isn't as good as Johnny as he has been. I mean, just this, he's oh he's got to do a lot. Like he can't just be. Bully Johnny from 1984, and the way I mean, to credit to the writers who've written him really well, but he has to pull it off as to be someone that you know you're watching this and you remember how much you hated Johnny. People my age, any rate, are watching and remembering how much they hated Johnny for all those years, and yet within like one episode, you're already kind of sympathetic with him, and then you're going on this thing, and and you already like Daniel, or you know. I did anyway. Daniel was my favorite, but yeah. But then you find yourself a few episodes into to Cobra Kai's first season, you're kind of like Daniel and Johnny. All you guys got to do is talk to each other. You need to be friends. You need to be friends. Yeah. And but, and you, credit to the writers, they the keep it from happening too quickly. Although I think that's where they're yeah. building towards. But um, he yeah. has to pull it off. And so it's not just this kid. You know, there's a lot of meta stuff going on where you could say, well, I haven't seen Billy Zabka or William Zabka in anything since The Karate Kid or those 80s movies where he played the teenage bully. So this whole idea of him being a loser in the show, there's that kind of subconscious. We, we kind of wonder in our minds, like, is is the actor kind of like this, too? <laughs> but <laughs> but you can see he's still got he is the the emotional, like, crux of the show and it's amazing he's done an amazing amazing job in my opinion i i totally agree i mean it, it is something that he has that's why it's engaging i i think had they taken you down the path of the the prior karate kids where you really only empathize with well yeah know, it's one just character. one point of view it's the one daniel's point yeah. of view yeah and if that if they had done that i i think they couldn't have gone where they've gone they couldn't have made it so engaging and and then of course you know it's always fun to have the easter eggs in there yes you know this last season and going back and introducing characters uh was was that karate kid 2 that yes chosen and and kumiko that we saw in the trailer now i do have a question and maybe you can't say anything yet and and i realize that there's a lot in flux between now and september but since we have two stars of cobra kai is there any chance well i was just wondering maybe some of the younger people like sholo maraduena or mary mauser who plays samantha or the guy who plays uh, hawk uh, jacob bertrand i just i didn't know if any feelers have been out to any of some of the younger cast too uh, to come to this along with, uh, you know, the legacy you know, characters? Um, so far, I don't know that they've done any of these events yet, but I think after this season, I think they're probably going to be more um, interested in doing that, especially if we can, you know, we do want to try to 
coordinate more formally with them, which we were, we were, you know, with the production company. We we were actually working towards doing some stuff like that before. Yeah, that's true. They do have but, to make the next season, so we don't want to get in the way of that. Yeah, yeah, but also just from the standpoint, you know, they may want to just to kind of as they're building this great brand. Oh, that's you know, true. They may want to try to make some additional stars available know, too. Exactly. Yeah, and and I'll I'll say this is you know before COVID, you know we we would have had Ralph. You know, Ralph was, Ralph was booked for last year. Oh, right? so we would have had all three of them. Oh, man, what would have been? So, yeah. And I, I'll say this is, you know, right now, I mean, I just put it on the table. Right now, Ralph is being careful okay. and has not agreed to come and do any event, you know, our event this year or any events. But who knows what's going to happen in a few months. Maybe there could be a change of mind. Uh, uh, let's just say that we would welcome him, you know, Whenever he said yes, well. yeah, <laughs> even if he exactly. said yes the week of, exactly. If if he if he you know that that's an open door for him, and and I if I if I were a betting man, I'd say there's a chance, right? You know, okay. I, I think there's a chance that he may be open to it. Um, he he enjoyed Salt Lake. He, you know, the fans treated him well here. We actually, you know, what's interesting is we had been in discussions with his manager for several years about having him come back. And it was last year when it finally came together that we were going to bring him back. And uh, so there was already that intention. You know, they wanted to get back to, to, to Utah. And so I do think that there's, uh, you know, I'd say that there's a good chance. And I wouldn't have anybody bank on it or whatever, because I, I wouldn't want to have him feel obligated because he, he may just want to not have any social interactions with people to stay healthy. What's interesting is everybody has a different level. You know, there's some people that, oh, this, you know, COVID doesn't mean anything, you know, right? It's it's just like the flu or it's a cold or whatever, you know, and there's other people that are just deathly afraid of it. Right. And, you know, but ultimately people have a right to be how they are. You know, they, sure. If they're afraid of it, then let, let them handle it how they want to. Or if you they know, just no, want to nobody... be more cautious just to be sure, I, yeah. you know, that's... That's how we navigated right. in our own family in our own neighborhood. So I, I'll, I'll extend the same courtesy to uh, to the celebs who are coming. Do you guys have any other celebs that you've already announced uh, that maybe people haven't heard about yet, or is this the first batch for 2021? This is the first for coming back around. And now, one thing that people can realize is that a lot of the guests that we had announced before, we're working on re-engaging them for this event. So coming up over the next several months. We'll see some reannouncements of names of people that you know that were already announced uh, for last year's show. Just because we po- postponed that show, we want to bring those people forward. So they're you know I think people can, if they paid attention last time, they can assume that quite likely that those people will be back. There may be one or two that have had a schedule change or something, but for the most part, you know those people, uh, you know, we're we're going to try to bring the Animaniacs back. I mean, I, I, mean, oh, I think yes. people. People can guess that uh, my kids are addicted to Animaniacs out. now. I made yeah. them watch a couple of episodes, and now they sing along with the theme song. Yeah, see, and and so you know, people can assume. I think that uh, Jess Harnell is going to be at pretty much whatever <laughs> we have to show. He's he awesome. He is awesome. Yeah, he yeah he he's he's made the announcement. He said he goes. It doesn't matter if they invite me back or not. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll just get a booth on my own, and I'll be here. So just just plan on me being here. Now he he said that, but. Of course, we love having him. He's been such a supporter, and 
it goes along so well with the Twisted Tunes panel because oh, yeah. he, he really is the heart of that panel when we do it. And so we love having Jess come back. And, they, you know, there's there's a lot of other people that, uh, you know, now, with, now is when we start kind of really f- forming the uh, lineup that we're going to have for this year. And the other thing is, like, the Tom Hollands of the world, they don't usually book, Way you know, nine advance. months in advance. Right. No, they that don't. makes sense. It, it, Didn't yeah, we almost have Gal Gadot one week. year? We did. We got pretty close on that. Yeah. Yeah. We oh. were. Um, She's the most beautiful woman know. in the entire world. <laughs> She's stunning, huh? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> did, did Did you see? I, I, I shouldn't even ask. Of course, you've seen Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. I, I seem to be one of the one, one of the uh, few that really liked it. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people that didn't enjoy it, but uh, I did. And, and I think probably a majority of that is credit to her because I just liked everything she did. And, you know, I, I, I saw it and I did like it quite a bit. Well, if I, that gets I, her here, I, I then you can go it. ahead and tell her that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that that may make her more apt to want to come back. Well, <laughs> so, or, you know, if they come, come to our show, but yeah, if they come back to doing conventions, cause she's been, she's only done a couple of fan conventions and you know, that, so hopefully if we, could get her, that would be fantastic. Well, the cool thing, and, and maybe this, uh, I don't know if this is something that you guys have thought about, is by having so many pop culture things shelved for the year 2020, I mean, not just the events, but like movies and shows and things that we were expecting to have already been released and we'd be waiting on the next round, they're all pushed into 2021. So, you know, we don't know between now and September what's going to become the super hot mega thing. You yeah. know, who who would have thought that uh, Enola Holmes would be so well-liked? I mean, maybe it's been pretty good, and we kind of liked Millie Bobby Brown already, but there's something that hasn't been released yet that is going to happen mm-hmm. between now and Fanex, and, yeah. you know, and, and maybe we've already, maybe you guys are, have already gotten the lines in the water for that particular celebrity who you don't realize is going to be even a bigger deal when they show up than they were when you announced it. And that's to me, that's one of the fun things about FanX is you announce the things, and then by the time it actually rolls around, maybe that person that you didn't think was that big a star is suddenly that big a star. Well, we've had that. You know, Millie Bobby Brown is actually a, a great example of that for us. You know, we, we booked her to her, into her first U.S. show. Really? and Yeah, so, so she... When she came to our show, it, this whole thing was new to her, and she she had such a blast. She was I I don't know if many people know this, but she actually would put on a mask and go out in the crowd, I and she would talk to people. Well, and here's what she'd do: she'd go and look for kids that are kind of of the age group, or people that look like you. Know, maybe they were wearing a they were uh, cosplaying you know, Stranger Things, yeah, something. Yeah, she'd go talk to them. Say, yeah, so you know, what do you think of? Stranger Things, and what do you think of uh, of Eleven? You know, and you know, kind of ask those questions, and then she'd lift her mask and then run off. You know, just kind of like you know, that just is so kind cool. of you know, once they they knew who she was, that, that she'd play with them that way. So it's really kind of fun. I, I, you know, I, um, I, I think there's just so many amazing just things that come together serendipitously. Because you know, I, I didn't know when when, it, when her name was presented to me, I hadn't watched Stranger Things. I didn't know who she was. And the manager said, no, you're going to want this person. But I don't know anything about this. Well, you, you know, you trust me, <laughs> you want to bring this person out. Well, okay, let's talk about it. Well, this person needs to have bring her family out and, 
you know, so there was, there was some overhead that came with her. Right. And I was like, oh, man, really? Am uh, I really doing all this for somebody home? who I don't know anything about? Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. And then it came together, and she came out, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what, why was I stalling on that one? You <laughs> well, know, I just got to know who to trust, right, Dan? You just have to know who yeah. to trust on those kinds of things. Well, it's been a yeah. I can tell you some things that might be big hits, but uh, who knows? My mom said my, all my taste was in my mouth, but uh, we'll see if that uh, <laughs> if that's true. I, I think I think you know I think you know your way around this this topic pretty well. Well, thank you, and yeah. I do have kids. Yeah. They help me. Like my daughter would be first in line for Millie Bobby Brown right now, or if you got anybody from Grey's Anatomy, she would just be over the moon. But, wow! Yeah. Um, she watched that against my wishes. I think I just need to put that out into the public domain that uh, that was not <laughs> with my blessing, but she's watched it all. And any rate, but Dan, thank you for the time today. It's always such a fun time talking to you and, and hearing some of the behind the scenes stories. And, you know, you, you're kind of the stand in for a lot of us who don't maybe, you know, maybe don't get a chance to get an autograph of somebody or who there wasn't room in the panel and we had to watch it online later, but we know that you got to hang with them even and it sounds like you, you get treated the same way we do sometimes, where yeah, where it's yeah. just uh, hey, okay, he's here for everybody, not me. I happen to get to be here and stand next to him, but that's all right. And uh, yeah. I am so looking forward to the 2021 party. Looking forward to hearing uh, future announcements of guests, and and I got fingers crossed that we can uh, we can get to it this year. It's going to happen. Good thoughts. It, it will. It's it's going to. It will, we're going to be positive. We'll put the right energy out there and we'll, we'll do what we need to do behind the scenes to make sure that this is going to be the, the best party we've ever had. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you. I know we will talk again before FanX rolls around. Thank you again so much for your time. I sure look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Andy. Good right. talking with you. Okay. Well, Dan Farr, fun to talk to. So glad to have him on. And we thank you again for listening to this episode of Fan Effect. It's Utah's fandom and fan culture podcast. It's also a KSL News Radio podcast, and it's sponsored by Megaplex Theaters, Utah's premier movie entertainment company. I'm Andy Farnsworth. And hey, you know what? Listen regularly on your favorite platform. You know, if you're just joining us off of the web or a link that you saw on Facebook or social media, we'd love for you to become a subscriber. Uh, you can listen to us at kslnewsradio.com. You can listen to us on the KSL News Radio app or anywhere you get a podcast. Um, do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic for Utah that you'd like us to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show. That's E-F-F-E-C-T. Where you can also get the latest nerdly updates and join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Fan Effect Show and on Twitter at Fan Effect Show. Thanks again for listening. I hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.